Hello, dear listeners. How are you? You are listening to Havari Tanalad in Jayroot Radio. Here with you, Abraham Barzilai. And this is a live broadcast. Today is Wednesday, um, December 2nd. And actually, out there, this is almost the holiday of the Korean. And, you know, there's still us with uh, many, many emails and postcards about Black Friday and making shopping. And unfortunately, also us, <clears throat> Jewish people, going after this trend. And it's not a coincidence that Black Friday and um, the holidays of the game actually um, occurring in these days um, just in Hanukkah because Hanukkah is actually the simple the symbol of the opposite the total opposite of the girlish uh, perception but today I would like to speak about one of the mental issues that Many, many kids and adults struggling with, and not always we know how to solve this out, and no always we know the results of this effect. But the most problem is that many, many people who have this um, effect actually mm, really ashamed to talk about that, to speak about that, to expose that. And that's the way they live their lives, and that's the way they raise their children, and it's really, really sad. So let's put the things on the table, and I'm talking about the issue of anxieties. Anxieties is actually, in Hebrew, it's called pachat. And when you ask, what's so bad in anxieties? Each one of us who experienced in his life some level of anxiety, anxiety, Actually, he felt very, very bad with that. We know that many, many people that you look them when they outside, you know, they can be uh, bosses, they can be uh, principals, they can be managers, they can be very, very succeeded in their life, but nobody knows that actually when they're going to sleep and when, they, when the evening is comes, Actually, we start to feel anxieties, and many of them actually take um, medication like Prozac, like something else. And I just read one of the uh, research that we just made right now in America, and the money uh, that people pay in America itself uh, for Prozac the pills of product to struggling with anxieties. The, the money that people pay can be the security budget of all the United States for one year. It's equals. And this fact actually really supposed to bothering us. Now, when we approach to our side of things that we're speaking about raising children and we know how to raise calm and relaxed children, sometimes we can see some very, very scary effects of anxieties in children, like panic attacks, like something like this. And it's our duty to dealing with this issue, or at least to try dealing with this issue 
um, and to do the best that we can just to help our children and, by the way, to help ourselves just to getting out of the, those anxieties. So, this is going to be our topic today. Uh, let me just inform you that you can, um, you can start and uh, send us your question uh, via text. We're receiving text messages at 347-927-8398. If you have some questions, some dilemmas that, we want, that you want to share with us, or maybe you want to enrich us from your own experience, from your, your student or friend experience, um, you are more than invited to do that. A phone number for text message, 347-927-8398. And you can also call in a phone number, 718-683-5868. Just to say, we're going to deal with today. Our topic is anxiety by children and by adults and how we can help. Uh, now we're going to a small musical break and we will start right away. We can help people um, to live with this effect and to get felt this revolution. So we're going to a small musical break and we'll be um, yep, uh, around in space if there is some technical issues. So we will start right uh, uh, right uh, okay so, okay we're going to a small music break and we'll be right back stay with us Shama 
Well, the listeners, we're back with you. And Mezrat Hashem, as we promised, um, our topic today is anxieties and panic attacks by children. And the information of the training show, Mezrat Hashem, will help also to the adults. Well, look, let's find the source, the root of the concept Tahad. Tahad means um, anxiety. Let's try to find out what is the source in the Torah of Tahad. Well, the Torah says that there was one of the Chachamim in the Gemara um, that he was walking down the street with his Talmud. And suddenly, um, suddenly he she saw that the Talmud was afraid to make breath like, oh, like she's afraid of something. So she looked at him, and then he told him, Hata'a'at. It means she told him, definitely you have sin. And it's really complicated to understand that. What anxieties has to do with things. I mean, sometimes you can see outside people that are that are they they are really evil, they are really Rashaim, they are really wicked people. And um you don't see they scared of something or something like this. They're just regular. But Khazan tells us that the source of the Pachad, the source of panic Anxiety, it's actually because of our sin. Let's try to elaborate this thing. We all know that Chazal says, Kol ha-medabek ma-chashavto b'chesed, chesed shofea alav. Kol ha-medabek ma-chashavto b'din, dinim pagimbo. Which means, if someone's always think about dinning, about judgment, about maybe something wrong gonna happen. So dinning pogimbo, it's mean that actually judgment of heaven actually hurt him. And he doesn't know even why. The Cholamedabek If you always thinking about chesed from Hashem, the grace of Hashem, that He will give you, that He will help you, you have a positive thought regard Hashem. Then chesed Hashem gives him plenty of chesed of graceful of kindness from heaven, and we should really understand what's going on here. Well, first of all, I would like to tell you a story that by this story, I'm going to explain my point. One of the students in the yeshiva, in one of the yeshivas here, the Aret in Eretz Israel, he had a dream. He had a dream that he's going downstairs, and when he's going by the stairs, he's falling down and he break his leg. That's all the dream. So he came to the rabbi. It was my rabbi. And he told him, look, rabbi, I'm really concerned about my dream. I had dreamed that I'm going downstairs, and on the stairs I just slipped, 
and I break in my, my leg. So I already told him, why are you so bothered by this dream? You know, dreams, it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about that. Then the Talmud came again tomorrow, and he told him, look, Remy, I had the same dream again. So the baby told him, don't even think about it. It's nothing. Ignore it. Just ignore it. On the third day, he came really, you know, he was trembling. And he said, Rebbe, I had a dream for the third time. I was really concerned about it. But what the Rebbe can tell him? The Rebbe told him, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. The day after, he was going downstairs, and suddenly he slept down, and he broke his leg. It was really, really scary um, <laughs> for him, and he started to have uh, nightmares. He had many, many difficulties to falling asleep. He was in a panic, but he doesn't want to sleep because he doesn't want to have any dream. But the Rebbe told him, look, um, I know that you're really concerned about that and you're probably wondering why did I tell you that nothing's going to happen, don't be worried about it. But I can prove you, I can prove you that the very fact that you broke your leg has nothing to do with the fact that you dreamed it. And the Talmud says, how you can prove it? Then the Rebbe told him, look, I can prove that, but if I will tell you my proof now, it wouldn't be strong enough for you. So I cannot tell you. So, so the Tony told him, so what you suggest? So the Rebbe told him, look, I will take a note, and I will write something on it. But I want you to open this note only in three weeks from now. But how can I make sure that you'll not open it earlier? And the Talmud asked him, how can I be sure that you will not change what you wrote down? So I had an advice. He said, look, let's take a paper. And the Rebbe wrote on the paper his proof that it has nothing to do with the dream. He folded it in, and he put it in a box, in a safe, that has one um, um, key for that. Then they locked up the key in the, the box, and the Talmud had hold the key, and the safe was inside the Rebbe's office. So the Rebbe cannot make any changes. And the comic cannot open the note before three weeks. And that's it. Well, three days passed, and it was a boarding school in the yeshiva, so they have rooms, they have, uh, uh, well, in Hebrew, yeah. And then, one night, in about of, uh, midnight, um, in about at midnight, the baby was walking, you know, in the halls of the, in the room of the guys, and then 
he saw this guy that he was falling asleep, and he almost completely slipping, and then he came into his ear and he whispered, don't worry about it, no, don't worry about it, it's just a dream, it's just a dream. And the Talmud didn't understand what's going on. So the Talmud wake up and he asked, what? What do you mean just a dream? Then the Rebbe told him, that's right, that you had a dream, that you were falling again on the stairs. And because he was very confused, he said, uh, 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 yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Don't worry about that. It will not happen again. Don't worry about that. Okay, the Talmud went back to sleep. And tomorrow morning, not less, he was trapped again on the stairs and he had wounded. And he came to the ready. He was not the worst wounded, but, you know, he slept. And then he came to the ready and he told him, You see, you see, I have a same thing, and that's what happened. Then the Rebbe told him, now is the time to open the box. Go bring the key. He wanted to bring the key. He brought the key and he said, okay, let's open it. Now, he took out the note, and then the Talmud opened it, and the Rebbe told him, please, read it to me. Then he read, I will make you think that you had a dream that you're falling again on a stairs, and you will see that this dream will come true despite the fact that you didn't dream it at all. Then he was looking at the Rebbe and he said, what's going on here? And then Rebbe explaining, look, I make you, I made you to think that you had the same dream. You didn't have that dream. I just wake you up in the middle of the night and I, because you were so confused and so unclear in your mind that I told you, you had that thing, right, right? And you admit, yes, I had it. You admit just because you were so confused, but not because that you really actually dreamed that. I put that dream in your mind. And when you wake up in the morning, you slept again on the stairs. So the family was very, very confused, and he said, Could you explain me, Rabbi, what's going on here? Then the Rabbi explained something that we, I want us to learn. He told him, Look, when someone has an anxiety and he has not any way to control it, his mind, his subconscious, actually pushes him. But he won't that the fact that he saw anxiety from will actually happen so that the mind will not be concerning about it. I mean, you have a dream that you are going to fall on the stairs. And because you believe in dreams, you will concerning all over the day. It was bothering you. And, 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 and this concerning actually get to a high level that you cannot holding it 
anymore in your mind. You cannot hold it. So the way your subconscious find out how to break this anxiety, just to make it happen, and that's it. Because if it's already happened, I have nothing to worry about because, because it's already happened. When someone has the powers to control his anxiety, it won't happen. But if you don't have the power to control your anxiety, your subconscious push your legs to make the mistake and then to make you fall down on the stairs just because you want to get relaxed. Oh, that's it. Finally, it happened. There is nothing to worry about. And this is really dangerous. That's what Chazal says. It's part of the meaning of Chazal. Each one who make always his things about positive side, the positive things that happen to him, and if you always think the negative things, the negative things happen to you. Now, what is the secret? There is another Gemara, very, very interesting Gemara, which tells us a story. In one of the Jewish neighborhoods was a great snake, great snake that he was very, very, very dangerous. He had bitten people and he killed on the right and the left. He just killed people. Many, many people was killed just because of this snake. It's called Arod. Arod is the name of very, very dangerous uh, snake. And the head of the Jewish community went to Hillel HaZakem and he told him, look what's going on in your neighborhood. People are afraid to get out of their house. Look, look, take a look what's going on. What's going on out there? Then, Hillel HaZakem <coughs> asked them, please, show me the hole of this snake. Where is he hiding? So they took him to the place and they showed him, look, this is his hole. From this hole, he rushed out, kills people, and going back. Then, he let us again, took off his shoe, and took off his sock, and he put his ankle into this hole. A few minutes later, he pulled his ankle with the snake dead on it. Then he put the snake on his shoulders and he went to the Betamidrash, to the shul. And then he stands in the middle and he told Shira, lesson to all students, and he told him, look, the snake on my shoulders can teach you one thing. The snake has no power to kill anyone. 
but the thing has hachet nami. The thing can kill you, but not the snake. And she realized the king was no thing. He has no anything. That's why he didn't kill him, and he killed him. When someone has a sin, sin might kill. The father-in-law of my Rosh Hashiva has a need to take a flight to America. But he was really afraid of it. He had a nightmare from aircraft. Then he went to the Chazanish, the Holy Chazanish, and he told him, look, I really afraid to take a flight, but I have to. So the Chazanish told him, planes are not falling. People do. You know what that means? Aircraft has no any sins. It has no any reason to fall down. But people do. He meant to tell him, you're afraid to get on a flight, to get on a, a plane? No. You will not be concerned about that. You know why? Because planes are not falling down. Only people will. If you have to give up from Shemayim, so you think that Hashem will look at you and he says, oh, he messed the flight, so I wouldn't kill him. Or in the opposite, you think that Hashem didn't make Gezerah for you to be died, but he said, oh, but he took a flight, so I'm going to kill him. Do you really think so? This is a pure analysis, and we all know that. Now, what does Ishi have to do with our children? Look, when your child is feeling that he is wrong by his behavior, but he make a lot of mistakes. In another way, if your child feel guilty, then he start to feel anxiety. Because when the great rabbi saw his student when he, when he was afraid, he told him, you have some and the care and the most thing by our children's perception is to be undisciplined. You know why? Because when a child, normal, he has discipline to his children, to his parents, then he feels good with himself. He feels like, I'm not breaking the rules. I'm not breaking the rules. I'm okay. This is a message that always expressing into his subconscious, you are okay. You are okay. You are okay. When someone feels okay, anxiety is just disappeared. When someone starts to feel guilty, this is a breach. This is a very danger. You know why? Because your kid starts to develop a perception of, I'm not okay. I'm not okay, I'm not okay, because you always yell at him. You always criticize him just because he didn't follow your orders. 
then he starts to feel bad. When he starts to feel bad, this is the beginning of anxiety's development. When you start to discipline your children in a healthy way, without threats, without prizes, as we always say, we have the activation ruler. You heard about the activation ruler that I speak on? In my lectures, I always speaking about the ruler of activation. I mean, let's paint the ruler. On the right side, let's put the prizes, okay? Because prizes is a way to activate our children. I want him to make his homework. I want him to go to school. I want him to uh, um, get in his, to, to his bed on time. I want to activate my children. So I use prizes, okay? So on the right side of the ruler, let's put the prizes. On the left side of the ruler, let's put the punishment, okay? Because I can also activate my child by punishment. Look, if you won't go to sleep, I'm going to punish you. Tomorrow morning, you are... And this, uh, you will not go to your friend or you have no uh, computer or something like this, okay? So this is the both edges of my abilities to activate my children. The, ex the, the radical side is, on the right side is prizes. On the left side is the total opposite of my method to activate my children can be the punishment. When we're talking about discipline, discipline, this is the center, the middle of this ruler. I mean, Yossi, I want you to out of the shoe now. Or Yossi, I want you to take a shower right away. And he asks, why? You shouldn't promise him any prizes if he does. And you shouldn't threaten him with no punishment if he won't does it. You just tell him, you know why? Because that's it. Because I told him, that man discipline. Discipline made the child internalize. I have parents. There is an authority in his house. My home is not healthcare. There are rules, and I have to follow orders. I have to follow the rules of my parents. That's it. That's the method he, he starts to internalize. So at the beginning, it's really uncomfortable to him. I know that it's inconvenient to follow orders. But during the time, it starts to develop, develop a perception. In your child's view, that the world is a safety place. The world is a safe place. He knows that he's grew up in an atmosphere of a strong hand. Not aggressive hands, no. But strong and earnest. That's right. When a child feels that his parents actually floating with warmth and affection, and they really love him, but in the other hand, they will not give him to break any rule, do not cross any line, then he starts to feel, not to know, to feel 
Is he actually growing up in a safe place? He grows up in calmness, he relaxed, and anxiety just disappears. A few years ago, I had a phone call from a mother. She was very scared. She was very scared, and she told me, "Look, my child had an anxiety, but now it's it made a progress." And I asked, "What happened?" Then she told me, and last night, he woke up in the middle of the night, all his body trembling, cold sweating on his face. And he was running to the frigidary and he and he took a bottle of cold water and he started drinking directly from the bottle because he felt so, so, so scared. And the mother and father came, came to him and what happened to you? even stick. It was a long time till he getting calm. So she asked, what can I do? Then the first word I told her, I, I told her, I want to ask you a question. If this child ever, ever heard the word, the word no from you, Karen, then it was a long moment of silence in the other side of the line, and then she said, look, Rebbe, this is my only child after 15 years of marriage. How could I tell him no for something? Then I told her, that's why he reached to this place. You know why? Because when our children feel that they are stronger than us. They have like a remote control with the special button when they just push the button, like crying, yelling, banging on the, on the floor. Then we start trembling and we start to give them what they ask for. At a certain moment, it looks like he really happens. Look, he, he got what he wants from us. But in the second moment, he starts to internalize, maybe I'm stronger than my parents. My parents should be my protection in this world. They should be, they should defend me. But I'm stronger than them. It's really scary though. And when these thoughts start to sneak inside his Subconscious, it starts to develop anxiety, and it's really sad. So the conclusion of my words is: start to discipline your children. People understand that discipline is a tool which comes to serve us as parents to help us to manage our home. This is a pure nonsense. It's not true. Discipline is the great deep need of a child's soul. Our children need discipline for their healthy development. It's necessary for their soul, for their mental stability, for everything. Discipline has impact of everything all over his personality. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. Even if I speak in English, it's not my native, but I promise you, 
I know what I'm talking about. Discipline has a great, great, great influence on our children's lives in these days and in the future. Well, the listeners, a phone number for text messages is 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. You can send us any question uh, on the topic of raising children, of course. And also, after a little musical break, we will um, give you uh, details about my next visit um, New York is Hashem in January. So stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
have a workshop in Monsi. You can register yourself right now. It starts at Zabashem in the middle of January. You can call Mrs. Chaya, 845 um, If you want to register yourself to a workshop in Flagbush, you can call to Mental 917-690-5500. I repeat that, 917-690-1439 for registration to my workshop in uh, Brooklyn and Flatbush. Also, if you want to send an appointment with me, you can reach Mrs. Ilana, her phone number 347 701758 Eight. That's three four seven seven zero one seven five eight eight. That's Mrs. Ilana. You can uh, arrange a lecture in your home if you want with this number, and you can also set an appointment um, by Ilana. Also, uh, my personal phone number. If you need a private free private consultation. I uh, are receiving the phone calls every night between 10 p.m. to 12 midnight, Israel time, of course. Um, my personal phone number only for phone calls is 917-8094-9444. That's 917-8094-944. This number is only for um, phone calls, not text, not WhatsApp, anything. Now, one last thing is uh, we have a new WhatsApp group uh, that actually made especially uh, for ongoing updates from now until uh, my visit will end. You can uh, send a request to join our WhatsApp group you will receive many, many material, many, many uh, uh, part of lectures, you know, videos uh, of mine. Um, you can send your request by WhatsApp only. The phone number uh, 972-58-405-2000. I repeat, for WhatsApp group only for ongoing updates. Uh, where actually you can find my lectures, how to register, anything you need, you can send a request via WhatsApp only to 972-58-405-2000. That's it for now. And now um, let me to um, um, let me to read some of your uh, some of your uh, questions. Well, the first question is, my 21-month-old baby hits me. I try holding his hand and telling him, I won't let you go until you stop, like I heard you say in the past. Um, I also tried putting him in... Uh, in timeout, 
and nothing helps. I feel like he doesn't. I feel like he does it most when he's tired. What should I do? Well, um, actually, you did the right thing, but not the right concept. I mean, let me to elaborate my my advice with holding in and telling you have to stop. When we hold our children, that's right. If you have 21 months old baby and he hits you, you must physically stop him. But not because that you're expressing your feminist or uh, that you are stronger than him. No. When you hold him, don't tell him, I won't let you go until you stop. When you say, um, I won't let you go, it means like we have a little fight here, and I want you to remember that I'm stronger than you. That's right that the concept of discipline means I'm stronger than you, but not stronger by children's concept, perception. I mean... You have to hold him, that's right, physically hold him, but you have to whisper into his ear. Even if he cries, he bangs, he, he, he doesn't even hear you. You whisper into his ears. I won't let you to behave like that because I love you. Or I won't let you to destroy yourself, even if he doesn't really understand the meaning of the words themselves. That's right. He doesn't really understand. What do you mean? You won't allow me to destroy myself. But we have to remember the rule that children actually don't listen to our words. They're listening to our emotions, to our feelings. Even if they don't really understand the exact words, but they really, really understand the meaning, the feelings that we actually expressing when we're talking. I guess that in your words, you actually missed one thing, the major thing. The major thing is the expression. What actually you want to express in your words? And the message has to be very clear. I love you. I'm protecting you from yourself. I'm just protecting you. So you can pick any kind of words that you want, but the feelings around the action of holding his hands or stopping him from doing something like hits you or I don't know what, that's right, but you have to combine the physically side with the emotionally side. I mean, I won't let you to destroy yourself. I protecting you. That's really actually the, the most important thing. Okay. Um, hi, Rebby. Thank you so much. My seven years old daughter has a hard time focusing in class. Part of it. I think is anxiety. Girls in the past had made fun of her healthy snakes or if she brought extra snack, 
to share, they would tell her, it's germs. I almost wanted to switch schools. She's afraid of saying the, word, the wrong things or wrong answers. Uh, she speaks very low. I keep telling her it's important, important to be strong and to speak up. And it's okay if she makes a mistake. No one is perfect. Any advice? Yeah? A special advice. Don't let your daughter to be a victim of anyone. I mean, the very fact that some students, some friends actually bothering our children, it usually happens, okay? It's good as long as it's regular. But when the society starts to take the pick one of their friends, and to become, him, to become him into a victim, we have to stop it in any price, in any way. And I mean any way. Legal way, of course. You have to make an appointment with a principal. Speak to her. Tell or, or to him. Tell him. I won't let my child, my daughter, to be victim of anyone. Okay? And... Even if you, you know, I cannot tell everything on, on air, but if you want a special advice, just give me a phone call. Because anyway, our uh, radio show is about to end, so let me to remind you, if you want to register yourself to our workshop in Muncie, you can call Chaya, 845-596-9682. Also, if you want to set an appointment with me, you can call to Ilana, Three four seven seven zero one seven five eight eight. If you want to register yourself to our special workshop in Brooklyn, call to me. Tell her phone number nine one seven six nine zero one four three nine. We start Bezat Hashem in January fifteenth. It's Friday. We have a special Shabbaton in Long Island. If you want to join our WhatsApp for ongoing updates. For all over my visit, you will receive many, many material and video lectures. And part of lectures of mine, you can send a request to our WhatsApp new group, 972-58-405-2000. I repeat, 972-58-405-2000. Dear listeners, I really want to thank you. I want to thank Aaron Jacob for taking care of the technical side of this radio show. I would like to give a special thanks to Mrs. Ilana who is taking care of all my visits and a special thanks to Mr. Mozali, the manager of this radio station, and of course to you, the listeners. Thank you for listening to Hawaii and Olad and keep listening to J Root Radio. Bye-bye.